glad you chose to join us today. Today's date is the 25th of October, 2020. The theme I'm following, Becoming a People of God, and I couldn't make up my mind on the title, whether I should call it Consequences or Obedience. The text I'll be reading from is Deuteronomy chapter 34. I'll be starting at verse 1, and I will be reading out of the New Living Translation. Deuteronomy 34, starting at verse 1. Then Moses went up to Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab and climbed Pisgah Peak, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead as far as Dan, all the land of Nephtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, extending to the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, the Jordan Valley with Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to Moses, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. The Lord buried him in the valley near Beth Peor in Boaz, Moab. But to this day, no one knows the exact place. Moses was 120 years old when he died. Yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. The people of Israel mourned for Moses in the plain of Moab for 30 days until the customary period of mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him, doing just as the Lord had commanded Moses. There has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. The Lord sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. With mighty power, Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all Israel. The reading of God's word. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are in a passage of scripture that's the end of Moses' life. Lord, it was a life full of years, and uh, it was a productive, long life. But he was unable to enter the promised land because of his actions. And although he got to see the land promised on oath, he was not able to enter. So, Father, I recognize you are the true teacher here today. And I just ask that you would uh, speak into our lives, our hearts. And, Lord, that we would glean that the key thing for us to gain is obedience. Obedience matters to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, you will remember we were privy of a conversation between Moses and God. God had indeed uh, agreed to go up with Moses and this newly formed nation of Israel. 
Becoming a people of God is a process. We, we mentioned that several times. Just look at the, looking at the man Moses and his life, it becomes quite obvious that it took several years for Moses to become the great leader he was. At age 40, Moses takes matter into, matters into his own hands and ends up fleeing for his life because he kills an Egyptian. When God comes on the scene again, Moses is a shepherd, has a family, and is now 80 years old. 80 years old. God calls him, gives him a mission to lead this people, and instructs him how to confront Pharaoh. What a journey. What a spiritual quest. After the conversation where God agrees to, go, agrees to go before the people, several key events transpire. I will only mention a few. The Ten Commandments were replaced. The Tent of tent Tabernacle was created and used for worship. The prescribed sacrifices were initiated and much more. This all happened the first year of leaving Egypt. God led this nation to the promised land as described in Numbers 13. They sent 12 men to explore this new land. It was indeed a land flowing with milk and honey. But 10 of the 12 men discouraged the whole nation and God punished the nation for their lack of faith in him. They complained that their children would become slaves or die a cruel death at the hands of their captors. But they weren't captured yet. They just envisioned what might happen. Numbers 14 describes what transpired. 14.1, Numbers 14.1. That night, all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it have been better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. God couldn't believe that after all the miracles they witnessed firsthand, they couldn't have enough faith in him to deliver the good man to them now. Once again, God wanted to destroy this nation, but Moses once again intervenes and God relents. But there's a consequence for their actions. All those who are 20 years old and older would not enter this promised land. They would indeed die in the desert. But the two of the 12, Caleb and Joshua, who had faith in God, would enter the good land. They would be the oldest of the entire population to enter the promised land. Let us fast forward to another time. Once again, they would not have water while in the desert. This time it was the desert of Zen. This occurred, this event is recorded in Numbers chapter 20. It is actually the reason why Moses is unable to enter the promised land. 
The scene goes as follows. With no water, the people once again grumble. It's the usual, uh, we had it so good in Egypt nonsense. And they accused Moses of bringing them out there only to die. It was the usual complaints that got under Moses's and God's skin. God instructs Moses to take up the staff, go to a rock, speak to it, and water will gush out. Let me read it to you. Numbers 20, verse 8. God says, take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will pour out water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so that they and their livestock can drink. And this is what Moses did. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded him. Good so far, right? He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. Good so far, right? And then Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. That displeased God. Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock in front of the people. The consequence, Numbers 20, verse 12, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me, because you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give you. That is why Moses was unable to go into the promised land. Harsh, yes. But why does that sound so harsh to us today? One itty bitty teeny weeny little mistake kept Moses out of the promised land. <laughs> uh, quite honestly, ever since 1984, when I first absorbed this story, and I've been doing it ever since, I struggle with the harshness of Moses not being able to enter the promised land. I believe Moses is in heaven. I believe that. But to work so hard to bring the people of God to the edge and not be able to enter just seems a little too severe. It took me several years to figure out the difference between one of the first times the nation needed water. I, I preached from it in this series. God tells Moses to take his staff, leaders of the community, and strike the rock and water flows out of it. Moses' downfall was the same scenario except God tells Moses to speak to the rock and water will flow out of it. Moses gathers the people, reprimands them, that's not included. Must we bring water from this rock again? And smacks it twice, and water flows from it. The people didn't know the difference. But Moses knew the difference. I believe Moses knew as soon as he started to reprimand the people that he was out of line, that he was taken. He was going off script. 
leader or not, our actions matter to God. Our actions have consequences. I have this uh, coffee cup that I bought for a special occasion. I was shopping online at Hobby Lobby, their little website, and uh, this suggestion came up as a, as a suggestion. The special occasion of why I wanted this cup was for family gatherings. Not the family I reared, but the family I was reared in, my mom and four siblings. The cup is plain, just a, a white 17 ounce cup with black lettering on it. It's simple print says, I love that we don't have to say out loud that I'm your favorite child. <laughs> it was supposed to be funny. Why? Because it might not be true or it might be true. But what it suggests is, I am more special than the rest of the family. You know, even allowed certain privileges. You know, the favorite. As fun as that sounds, in real life, God is not influenced like that. I believe Moses has a special place in God's heart. But he is not above obedience. Samuel in the Bible stated that to King Saul, obedience is desired over sacrifice. But God did bless Moses with the reward of seeing the vast promised land from the mountaintop. From Pisgah Peak and Moab, he could see all the way south he could see the Mediterranean to the west, and he could see all the way up to the north. Our text tells us that he still had 20-20 vision, plus enough strength to enjoy life. It was as earth, he was as strong as ever. He was able to climb to the mountaintop and worship God. Rejoice that he was able to see the promised land. At age 80, Moses was content. The Bible doesn't say that, but I believe he was. He had a family. He had a job. But God had bigger, had a bigger purpose. At age 120, Moses could look back and see all that God accomplished through him. Moses could look back and be content because of saying, yes, all of those years earlier, even if that was a reluctant yes. Today, looking back on your life, what do you see? Today, we have God's Son, Jesus. <laughs> and we have all made mistakes. But with Jesus and the forgiveness of sins, we have a bright future. A life with no regrets. Jesus is still making all the difference for those who fix their eyes on him. Obedience is still a must 
Jesus made that clear when he said, if you love me, you will do what I say. And we find that we are the happiest when we are pleasing him. In our car, that little way out of the, that little mirror that's out of our line of sight is a rear view mirror. It's just a little mirror compared to the vastness of what we get to see. It's little, it's small for a reason. To not distract from what is in front. With pleasing God and his son Jesus as our priority, let us live our lives to the fullness which he intended for us. Will you bow your head with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, like Moses, we've made mistakes. But with Jesus Christ, in the forgiveness of sins, we have a bright future, and God is not finished with us yet. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to close with Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect. God bless you. God bless you. Until next week.